Yes, I bet people were already waiting for our faces smushed up together. It's a new setup. It looks prettier <laughs> than essentially what this would be. We've had a little makeover. <laughs> a redesign. Exactly. I, I, I actually brushed my beard this week, you know? <laughs> Which is I a rare, my rare treat. You they're they're long now. I brushed my nostril hairs. Because <laughs> I work. <laughs> I, <laughs> I uh, tend to pull them out, attach them to my ears, and then pretend that I've got monocle glasses. <laughs> wow, this is the biggest tangent that we've ever gone on it in is. the quickest it time. We're well, breaking the record. Yeah. I know. So welcome back to another well, another episode of the Nostril Hair Podcast, apparently. Um, the, <laughs> <laughs> better known as... Yeah, better known as the Deductionist Podcast. Um, we uh, we hope you're all keeping safe and well, which we usually keep as, a, as an intro greeting. Um, uh, but it's been a rather joyous half an hour for me, um, so I'm, I'm going to ride the uh, I'm going to ride the crest of the wave of this. Uh, uh, what what would be the cloud higher than cloud nine? Do you think? Because cloud ten just seems a bit. Um, in our case, if, we, if there's something higher than cloud nine, then we're back in hell, and then we can work our way up from there again. I'm pretty sure we've gone lower and lower. <laughs> <laughs> With the filth we talk about. That's it. I was just going to call it Cloud Ian, uh, because there's, there's, there's nothing higher than that. There's nothing oh, higher than that. There is nothing higher than Ian. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> Ian. <laughs> Only Ian could be higher than Ian. Hmm. Exactly. So how you been, mate? You all good? I'm good. I'm good. I'm. It's Friday tomorrow. I have a beer. I have a, you know, swagger in my swag and some jizz in my jizz. Um. So it's <laughs> just some just some some ja- <laughs> Wow. Well, that won't be in. We'll cut that out. Oh, what do you mean we're streaming live? Oh dear. Um. <laughs> what was funny as well after that two people stopped watching <laughs> <laughs> the, nu- the numbers went down by two. <laughs> oh shit <laughs> it's all good it's all good I'm, I'm just pre- yeah. out was jazz out jazz was. in my lap of jazz yeah, abso- absolutely absolutely and then when you realise what you said it was just sort of like oh no we've gone that way we've gone that way <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm halfway through um, my uh, my German course at the minute, right? And whether yeah. it's um, whether it's the the program or it's a big thing in in Germany, obviously, if there's any German listeners out there, please do let me know. But when they're talking about things like um, uh, hobbies uh, and the like, yeah. every type of music that is listened to as part of the teachable language is jazz. That's that's oh, all wow. they're talking about. <laughs> Yeah, jazz, jazz, or clashes music. Uh, oh, what classic. was that? Clashes, clashes, a classical, classical, yeah, uh, cl- like Sean Connery. Yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> so, so yeah, you'll you'll have to have to let me know on that one. Our our listeners uh, to the uh, was wasn't Germany known as the fatherland, or was Germany the motherland? Uh, it was, wasn't it? Well, was the one of the two. Um, yeah. One of the two, anyway. I've I've no idea if I'm stepping on any, on like any historical toes or not. I just remember hearing. Well, we find out. Hate video. <laughs> yeah. well, 
we'll, we'll stick that one in the list, right? Because <laughs> <We'll, laughs> it, it, it'll probably probably be back somewhere. Um, oh yeah. So uh, beer in your hand, coffee in mine. I, I feel that it's about time we talk about some some Sherlock related deals and some possible oh, deductive related uh, entities, yeah. possibly with a with a hint of. Uh, of people reading, maybe even a smattering of memory techniques in the afternoon. I feel like I need a, a, a healthy recipe you're describing. Like a, like a brain <laughs> behind me, so I could gesture like some kind of neurological weatherman. <laughs> weatherman. I said that like a surname, a weatherman, rather. A weatherman. My name is Brain. <laughs> <laughs> I have <a> smarty pants. <laughs> <laughs> so, did you did you see that HBO? Uh, I don't know how true this is because I've only seen one article about it that I shared on uh, on my Facebook page, Be The Deductionist, um, rather on the nose as a title, I think. If you want to be the deductionist, that's the kind of page that you go to. I wasn't trying to be subtle. Um, <laughs> subtlety, isn't... Right? Have you seen me? Do I look subtle? No. Um, <laughs> this is yeah. are, are apparently building a Sherlock universe. Mm. Yeah, I've heard um, Robert Downey's on board as a producer. I don't know how true that is either. I think everything Ooh. at the moment is kind of... It's, I, just, I don't know if it falls in the air at the moment. Yeah. Uh, and we're just waiting for the actual facts to come out or whether this is genuine stuff coming from the the old rumour mill. Yeah. But I mean, I, I, I am, I'm half excited about it, half... Eh, because I mean, he's gone from... Being a producer of it as well, coming from a multiverse, yeah. uh, is this going to be an attempt to copy the the multiverse fad, or is it doing its own thing? Is it managing? To, can it be its own thing? Because if you looked at the Sherlock Holmes films before, uh, even though like they're not the yeah. the greatest thing ever, no. but they were doing their own thing. They weren't trying to be a Marvel film or a DC film. They were trying to be detective film, albeit an action detective film, but it still stuck to its own genre. Now, I don't want anything to, you know, feel like a footnote mm. in the comic book universe kind of bandwagon. Yeah. That's my only worry about it. How about yourself? Yeah. What do you think like, of this? I mean, Breaking obviously you. people, <laughs> obviously people that have listened to the podcast for a while will know of my affection for, for Robert Downey Jr. as as Sherlock because it's not that high, <laughs> right? It's not that high. But um, I, I think that was largely down to uh, the the franchise that it was being more uh, action based th than anything yeah. else, right? You, you can't get away from the fact that there has to be some modicum of action in there, uh, hmm. given the given the nature of the, of the story that's being told. But for it to be the focus, uh, it, it yeah. felt to me and there are millions that would disagree obviously um but yeah. it, it felt to me like you kind of lose some of the source material in it yeah like you 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 think of sherlock less as this uh, calculable genius that's capable of solving anything more as a as a quirky flamboyant interesting yeah. action star yeah, and that's agree, not the, yeah. yeah, that's that's not the homes that I grew up reading. Yeah. And but the, the the thing that does excite me is what I wanted for Enola Holmes was was a TV series because yeah. then you you have enough chance to explore everything. Exactly. You, you yeah. have enough chance to explore every every avenue. Yeah, and I think a lot of, like you say um, what Holmes is about 
uh, in the Robert Downey films felt like more a profile uh, that you'd read up about rather than you'd actually see because I felt they were more about the I understand it's about a style and a visual mm. style because the director Guy Ritchie he has his own thing that he's putting in there but I felt like like what you were saying the things that make home homes were in the back yeah. of uh, you know it might have been in the script for, for Robert Downey but we didn't get to see yeah. much of that sort of thing it was just yeah. sort of you know implied not seen which yeah. technically shouldn't be happening yeah, <laughs> in a Sherlock Holmes film. Hundred percent, mate. 100%. It needs to be stated. There needs to be those moments where, like, the you know the the the, the detectives, the Lestrade characters, the you know the Anthony Jones, whoever it is that they've got there, they're going, you know, what the fuck is this guy doing? Why is he sniffing a corpse? Why? Why is Why is he over there talking to the the postman? Like, just that yeah. kind of. Um, uh, uh, almost broken part of of what it is in that you know the the big wheels of, of police investigation are turning one way but Sherlock's going another and and that's yeah. that's what sets him apart and that was that was never really highlighted for me and I hope I I hope yeah. they they get to do that uh, as as part of the yeah. universe that's being built if it's being built if it is just rumor if it is just rumor at this stage Mr HBO build the fucking universe <laughs> It'd be a, it'd be it'd be really good. <laughs> so say like this is like going to be a kind of a, like a Marvel type thing, but Iron Man was the center of the Marvel universe, and that story kicked off the rest. So for a Sherlock multiverse, what story would you want at the heart? Oh, that would, you know, be in the brainstorm. That's a fucking great what, question. What would you want to be the end game? Oh. <laughs> it, it what should almost, we do? It lead to at the end. <laughs> yeah, it, it almost feels a bit a bit too on the nose for the end game to be Reichenbach, because it's it's not it's not really the end game. Then is it? Because we all know he lives. Oh, yeah. And uh, if yeah. you haven't read Reichenbach Falls, uh, well, rather the, uh, the the final problem as as it is in the stories, uh, then apologies, but this spoiler alert is coming a little too late for you, uh, <laughs> because he survives. Um. And he went to the Disney Plus. Yeah, all <laughs> yeah, things do. Yeah, oh dear. <laughs> there was there was a thing, uh, an article online uh, with uh, adult language in, but they're keeping mm. uh, ev- everything as part of their their Star Channel that's on there. So, like, some films that have occasional swear words uh, have been removed, but Deadpool two that has the c word in that everybody hates is still there. <laughs> <laughs> they're just picking. Into- Exactly. Oh dear, Mr. Disney. It's like, like a massive tangent going off, but you hear what um, I think it was China, or it might have been Korea. That what they did recently with a lot of mainstream Hollywood films, they yeah. they made their own endings for them. One in particular was Fight Club. You've seen Fight Club, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, the end when the buildings uh, explode and fall down. Basically, they changed that and put their own sort of little display in, and had a lot had a different ending written up. Basically. The main character was caught by the police and justice was served. Credits. <laughs> <laughs> they did it a lot of films. <laughs> what an incredibly totalitarian regime. Exactly. Um, but uh, so anyway, the story. I I think this the the kind of sort of long overarching narrative that you could explore individual elements of. 
would mm. be um, would be uh, the the blackmailer Charles Augustus Milverton. Now it was it's it's t- it's touched upon in, in Sherlock the the third season with you know Charles Augustus Magnuson uh, and, mm. and the like having his Appledore vaults full of things that he can use to blackmail people with. But I I can't help but think that putting together several blackmail elements to come back to the eponymous blackmailer at the end would yeah. give us a chance to enjoy a lot of kind of sub stories as part of each individual episode and you can get to look back over the end parts and then go oh shit yeah he did he did do that in the second oh god i missed yeah. it in the fourth one as well but yeah and you can start to see yeah, yeah. How these how these little kind of puzzles uh, uh are put together at the end so that that'd be something I think would be quite cool because you can you can essentially you can do the whole story is uh, I mean yeah. if you go in the Disney Plus series you can do it over six episodes if you go in the Netflix style you can do it over 13 it depends on how many sub <laughs> blackmail stories that that would be done within I mean I'm obviously yeah. not writing a uh, HBO so I would love to <laughs> HBO I think that would be a great <laughs> idea anyway <laughs> <laughs> the rights <laughs> exactly I'll, I'll even dye what little hair i have left white just so i fit in with the brand i mean that's that's fine i'll do that i don't mind <laughs> uh, but if you think about the the kind of different elements that that would that would allow you to explore there is mm. there is the action narrative of course there is uh, mm. because that's built into the tension of the blackmail plot obviously it would depend on the kind of blackmail that is being uh, that is being committed and the kind of people that are involved as opposed to what kind of action that it gets in there there is the tension that you would see between the relationships of the people being blackmailed and sherlock having that kind of does he care is he being cold is he using the cold so he can get to there faster because because he does care and that kind of uh, uh, element mm. that bbc sherlock had that down so well that down yeah. so well with the, with those little moments where Cumberbatch would go too much and Freeman would go yeah a little bit <laughs> <laughs> uh, in 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 those kind of areas, um, yeah. but yeah, it's it, it would give you a chance to kind of tick every box <clears throat> in uh, in in that particular way. Um, so I I hope they do it. I hope they do. Yeah, that would be amazing to start it off. Yeah, I would. I would like uh, a, a different Sherlock, not just because of my feelings uh, about Robert Downey Jr., but just to see somebody else do it, right? Just yeah. to see somebody else do it, because I would imagine that there are a ton of people. Uh, that get, there was there was a meme uh, going around. Um, it was sort of like a, a mock-up Hammer horror f- uh, of film cover, uh, of mm. like a, the Hound of the Baskervilles from the Christopher Lee age of Hammer horror films. You know, like sort yeah. of sixties, seventies era, very bright, vivid colours, but it, they'd uh, they'd put Nicolas Cage as uh, as Sherlock <laughs> <laughs> as well, which I think would be amazing. I that would be amazing. Awesome. I like yeah. in a Nick Cage Sherlock film. That would be great, wouldn't it? Cage Lock Holmes, my God! Giving it, I mean, that that Cage does, yeah, that'd be great. I would like to see, uh, like you say, a new, a new Sherlock, someone to come in and do the role again. Traditionally, like, yes. I know Benedict did a great thing. Robert Downey did um, his own thing with it yeah. in a traditional setting. Yeah. But I'd love to see someone come in and do traditional homes through and through. Agreed. Like McKellen, when he did homes. And it was a very set in the books, set in that universe, that interpretation. Yeah. I'd love to see that. 
and see was, who did it. He was well. so good as well, Ian McKellen. Oh, was. He was so good. Yeah, it's that's just oh, come on to Disney Plus as well. Was it? Yeah, Mr. Holmes. I think oh, it's, I think it's called. Yeah, yeah. That's, nice. that, that was on there. Um, mm. But yeah, no, Ian McKellen was really good. Um, but let's let's not kick off that whole uh, who would be able to do it because I think that would be a nerdy nerdy debate that would never be settled. Uh, never <laughs> be settled. There was a there was an interesting thing that came out of the uh, the, the Sherlock ten year anniversary thing that uh, Moffat and the guys did over uh, over lockdown in that uh, they were exploring um, who would be in the titular roles if if it was a an all female cast. Because when their, when their panel came out, when it was the ten year special, it was right at the height of you know the the Ghostbusters remake and the Ocean's Eleven type of thing, and it was, yeah. uh, and uh, uh, you know Elementary with Lucy Liu being uh, Watson in that scenario. Um, mm. So one of the things that they that I mean there was a ton of good actresses that they mentioned, but one of the people that stood out that could really do it uh, really well, I think, was was Jodie Comer. Um, yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. I think she'd be awesome. I think she'd be really, be really. Awesome. I, I mean, funny. arguably, she'd be she'd be just as good as Moriarty too. You know? Yeah, <laughs> she would be. <laughs> right. I like that. <laughs> right. I, I I think that'd be a. I think that'd be pretty sweet. Yeah. I think Tilda Swinton. Yes. Good show. In a way, in a very Aristotle sort of. Yeah. Yeah. She I had like that. her voice down. Yeah, she would have that kind of austere uh, element. Yeah. The the, uh, the the Japanese lady, I've no idea what her name is, but the the, the mm. Japanese lady that that had the the similar elements as as part of her version of it in the uh, in the Miss Sherlock series, that was uh, uh, well, that, that that's still on Amazon Prime. Um, yeah. Hopefully, we'll have some good news about uh, Amazon Prime and us soon. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Hopefully, so that is uh, that is currently a, a wheels in motion kind of thing. Um, it's they're still in motion. There's been no developments, no updates uh, at this stage. And I realise that everybody listening to this has no idea what I'm talking about, as well, which which I find great, <laughs> which which I find really nice. Um, I can keep it out there as a puzzle. Um, yeah. Or is it, yeah. It'll be one of those puzzles that's either absurdly simple for people to solve, or people will be like, "What does is, does he know Jeff Bezos? What's happening? Um, <laughs> Are we going to space? The next podcast? Space? <laughs> Can you imagine <laughs> being you in space? <laughs> You've hit zero gravity. <laughs> oh, I hope no one's tuning in now. <laughs> oh, they, Coco, they are. Coco Bean Triple Six Full. Hi. Hello. Hello. Good evening. Um, but yeah, t- talking about the Sherlock universe, I um, I, I, I only, re- I've had it in my Audible library for quite some time, but I only recent, uh, recently listened to uh, the uh, the the Benedict Cumberbatch short stories of of Sherlock Holmes that he read. Um, on there oh, as well. And they're they're pretty. It's, it's four. Sh- it's four short stories. I think it's called the Railway Mysteries. Um, but okay. yeah, it's 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 really good. Let me uh, let me see if I can find the uh, the, the 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 picture of it. Um, don't play. Don't play. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, nice. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, and and it was. It's really cool, and it it, it kind of gives you a, a, a grander understanding of why. 
uh, Benedict Cumberbatch was such a good Sherlock because all of the other voices that he's doing as well, he's doing Sherlock, but he's doing Watson, he's doing characters, he's doing uh, you know, <laughs> criminals, he's doing Cockneys, he's doing Yorkshire, oh, wow. like, and it's 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 really good. It's, it's, so I would encourage uh, anybody that has uh, you know the spare two and a half hours to to listen to it to yeah, to, to get it done because it's tons and tons and tons of fun. Um, <laughs> Okay. So yeah, the uh, the the main thing that I I, uh, I I wanted to talk about today, just to, to kind of yeah. uh, give the, uh, the the full story part of it, the the normal video for the channel, it should have come out on Tuesday, okay. but there was there was many things that were going on with uh, with my family at the time, but we'll I'll I'll I'll, I'll tell you about that uh, in in a sec, and then so I tried to upload it on Wednesday, the Mac decided I'm going to do some serious oh, updates. I'm going to do some updates. Uh, so that was <laughs> that was like a, a, a good a good five a good five six hours worth of updates gone through. Um, good evening, Craig. How are you doing? Sir? Evening. Hello. Uh, so at, at the end, I I just hit screw it. Uh, I'm not doing it. Um, so I <laughs> I waited uh, until it was done and I just slated the video's release um, for for Tuesday. But the original intention for this. Um, was it, it got me thinking about sense of humor in relation to memory work and the the competency of your cognitive capabilities and the kind of road that we can walk of information that it can communicate to us about the kind of sense of humor that somebody has versus what yeah. they have going on up here in terms of the humor that they understand uh, now, obviously, we're, we're trying to paint a lot of things red because humor is such an individual thing. Uh, mm. It's it's very subjective. very subjective. Yeah, of course it is. Of course it is. Yeah. But to, to kind of uh, give you the understanding of where I'm coming from with this, like in your appreciation for understanding other people's position, Right, so mm. I'm, I'm taking humor, I'm taking offense, and I'm taking all of this other stuff uh, out of it. So I'm just looking at the the kind of action reaction properties of somebody saying words. No prizes yeah. for guessing what's what spontaneously created the thought in my head over this. Um, <laughs> oh God! <laughs> well, I'll mention some of the some of the Grammy some of the yeah some of the uh, uh, the the Grammy videos that I've seen as well that were pretty funny. Um, but yeah, so long long story short, um, my mum has cancer uh, at the minute, so she's going back and forth yeah. towards uh, hospitals uh, all the time. It's 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 pretty fucking uh, gross stuff, and. Um, we found out that the sort of as I'm due to make my Tuesday video that she's then got to go for chemotherapy as well. So it was a it was a it was a pretty full on few days. So we were around yeah. there, and it's it, anyway. We, we don't have to get into all of that. But uh, on the on the drive back, I'm listening to like audio books of stand up comedians just to, just to pass the time in the car. Yeah, yeah. there are. A number of people on there that make cancer jokes and the like does that mm. mean that i then have to take offense to get on my high horse to get really depressed about it or because i have the the, the capacity to understand their reasoning for the jokes uh, some of them were funny some of them weren't but they were jokes yeah <laughs> at, at, at the end of the day they were jokes 
right? Yeah. Um, so does the, uh, the, the initial kind of thought that I had in my head, does the fact that I like to think I've got a good sense of humor about, th about many things um, uh, v versus uh, my understanding of a potentially incendiary joke mean i'm better able to understand the person in that particular scenario and it started i'd started me looking at, at this this kind of thing on a specifically humor versus memory psychology that that kind of uh that kind of basis um right and it, it, it <laughs> there's a field of psychology um i, I mean i i've never heard it, it called this uh before uh, so it might be a, a, a kind of branch that people, a, a self-named branch of psychology. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> positive psychology. Positive. <laughs> apparently, apparently that's, a, that's a branch of research that's in there. Okay. But if we look at it from, um, from a cognitive psychologist approach, mm -hmm. there, is, there is, according to these guys, three stages that you have to go through in order to take a joke in order to get a joke in order to understand it comprehend it whether you appreciate yeah. it or not is down to you know your various idiosyncrasies but it's it's the understanding there in that area so there is the there is the mental representation of the setup of the joke yeah. the mental representation of that then then it changes to the detection of an incongruity in its multiple interpretations and the, the, the final stage is to resolve the incongruity by inhibiting the literal non-funny interpretations and appreciating the meaning of the funny one. Yeah. Right? So you can make the argument that the reason uh, Will reacted in the way that he did was because he wasn't able to mentally represent the setup of the joke. There yeah. wasn't enough time for him to be able to do that. Yeah. Um, and again, I'm I, I'm disagreeing with these words as they're coming out of my mouth. I'm just this is an interpretive standpoint. Yeah, it's it's take. Yeah. The, the, he he goes, uh, 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 Jada, GI Jane two, can't wait to see it. Where's the time for the setup and and the feed line and and, and the punchline and all that? It's very much a self-contained uh, mm -hmm. uh, one-liner yeah. element that he's got. He hasn't got a chance to to go through in order to understand that that's not insulting or at least not meant to be insulting yeah. right it skips one of those channels um so my, my 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 kind of curiosity for you is have you ever experienced a, a, a joke that you perhaps didn't get or you found a little bit irksome or uncomfortable um and, and i mean you don't necessarily have to tell the joke but what what yeah. were you going through at that time when somebody told you the joke that wasn't funny? I mean, that's a hard one because <laughs> I don't know <laughs> any a joke, joke. In of itself. Not <laughs> <laughs> particularly because you know what my sense of humour is like. I've never necessarily not like. You could tell me right now you have the most offensive joke in the world, and I'd want to hear it. Yeah. And if I was going to be a, f <laughs> I, I just need to hear it. <laughs> it's like a challenge. It's like you need to. Know. I can't think of a particular time where I was, uh, maybe actually no, um, maybe like something a bit more crude. Like, have you ever heard of Roy Chubby Brown? Yes. 
Um, it's something. I think I was watching perhaps something. Just as, perhaps just as well for for the guys that because we do have you know a, a fairly a fairly large uh, American audience. So if if they yeah, yeah. If they haven't heard of Roy Chubby Brown, who who is he? Who, he is are, they, who Brit- are you setting them up for if they choose to Google him? He is a British uh, comedian, old school as they would say, uh, who um, is not gimmick, but I suppose his. Um, what would you call it? His characteristic uh, for his style uh, is basically just swearing a lot. Yeah. But, uh, I appreciate a good swear word. I do love a good swear word. Thrown out um, just for the sake of shock value yeah. uh, and hope, and he, and with the hope of it just being funny for that. It's not necessarily insulting. It's just sort of a well, that's ridiculous. You're literally just saying things for the sake of saying them to to get reaction. Now it's not even landing. <laughs> But his kind of style, stuff like that, other people to each their own, they might really uh, get it and get on board with it. I probably have laughed at certain stuff of his in the past, but I remember watching this thing one time where he was just, it was just, I don't know, it was just swear words. He might, yeah. I, I could sit here and swear and say this, uh, you know, like just call someone that or call someone this without necessarily being it a joke. It was yeah. just more of a statement. And yet it was supposed to be a joke. And I suppose that's probably some time when I was like, hmm, yeah, I don't really, uh, can't really see it. Yeah. <laughs> not really, no, just can't see the appeal. Can't see what you're doing. Can't see yeah, what you're doing with yeah. it. There's no, there's no mental representation that you're going through of, of, of the possible interpretations of why that could be considered funny. Of, of, yeah. of the kind of relationship between the second and third points from the cognitive psych- psychologists, right? This is their argument. If you if you look at uh, if you look at any person's knowledge, right? Where, you know whether you store that in a memory palace that you help to understand through getting involved in Sherlock's memory secrets, or <laughs> or whether that's um, uh, you, you know your own knowledge wherever it is that you store that anyway, is. Um, yeah. It's it's down to uh, the cognitive psychologist route. It's down to um, uh, organized structures that they refer to as schemas. Schemas. Yeah. Uh, uh, so when we see or we think of something, it activates the relevant schema, right? So okay. that's our body of knowledge on that particular topic yeah. immediately comes to mind. That would be you know the 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 incentives for that. And yeah. The 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 first basis of being able to mentally represent those kinds of things is for no schema there, right? Mm-hmm. So this is this is why there is a, uh, a, a at least in my understanding a, a relationship between the nature of memory and indeed observation um, between between that and having a good sense of humor. Yeah. Um, oh, here we go. Craig's got some thoughts on uh, uh, Chubby Brown. Uh, Chubby he Brown. Up, he turned up five minutes late to a gig of his in Blackpool and was the brunt of many jokes for 90 minutes. Oh. It was one heck of a heckle session. And if you've ever been to a, a stand-up comedy show and you get picked on for a couple of minutes, um, yeah. right? That, that's, that's when you need thick skin because they're, they're not saying things at you they're they're saying images for people to create to find interpretations of and Mm. then uh, apply them to whatever relevant situation that they've come up with that's why the whole nature of offense it walks alongside of it but if it is that you don't have a a, a wide degree of information or or a 
or a wide degree of things to to fall back on mm. within that then you're not going to be able to to laugh at, at some of the jokes that are being told and that's not to say that you need to have a, a specific a specifically linear element of uh, of things that you are interested in and can and can have jokes made about um, yeah. so like let me pull let me pull you up some of these so these are these are science jokes a chemist walks into a pharmacy and asks the pharmacist do you have any acetylsalicylic acid uh, you mean aspirin asked the pharmacist that's it I can never remember that word <laughs> right so not necessarily hilarious but yeah. you know why it's supposed to be funny poking fun yeah. at, you know the possible interpretations that maybe scientists overcomplicate words uh <laughs> yeah like i i I, I, heard a, I heard a personal theory exactly yeah yeah, yeah. um <laughs> i i heard a, a a personal trainer once talk about like uh the way you can hear egos come out in the gym when they hear things like yeah it's all about you know things like a, a, a forced controlled extension and then flexion of the knees and he walked by and went oh jumping <laughs> right <laughs> jumping <laughs> less is more less is more less is more less is more you know, uh, so like here's another one. Uh, what's on a chemist's nightstand? I was reading a book on helium. I couldn't put it down. <laughs> right, that's very much. A, that's very much a, a Tim Vine kind of joke, right? That is. Um, but but there's the thing: you can mentally represent uh, uh, the chemists, and if you are familiar with the properties of helium and what it does um, and the like, then you know. Uh, yeah, we got a I got a floaty element that's going on there. Um, and if you're not, then it falls flat for you. Yeah. That what you get to understand in terms of why he had the reaction that he did is that something's broken inside, right? That's that's what made him. Uh, that's what made him get off his feet. So, mm. when you look at these kinds of um, uh, exploratory elements that can that can be involved in there, there was a. There was a study done that was published in the Frontiers in Psychology book. Uh, it's entitled Autobattle. That's not a word. Autobiographical Memory. Yeah, I was, yeah. I was putting autobiographical together with gratitude. Uh, it's, yeah. it's called Autobiographical Memory, Gratitude, Forgiveness, and Sense of Humor, an Intervention in Older Adults. The exploration being that as you get older, the natural deterioration of your gray matter the more forgetful you become uh, and, and the like within that area to yeah. see if it uh, if it relates to um, a, a, a better sense of humor in terms of uh, yeah. a better capacity to understand, a better capacity for play uh, and the like. So what they did is they took a total of 111 institutionalized older adults who, uh, who then participated in the study separated into separate groups and they were monitored over mm. uh, over 12 months and the 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 understanding in that area and, and just uh, in case anybody's wondering the the whole nature of autobatic 
I've done it again. Autobiographical memory. That's the uh, the memories relating to uh, uh, personal events. The, the, yeah. the autobiography of your life in that area, right? It's it's made up of um, it's made up of uh, 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 episodic and semantic memory. Um, for those neuroscience fans out there, there's there's your fill for the yeah. day. Uh, there's your fill for it. Um, so they they discovered that at the end when mm -hmm. there was more play elements when there was more comedic elements when there was more um uh, 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 enjoyment properties throughout the day that they were better uh, equipped to deal with some of the everyday tasks such as going shopping talking about stories from their youth remembering what meds they had to take and when and these types yeah. of things that most people would take for granted and it, it kind of comes back to for me at least the the understanding that if you are able to laugh at certain things there will be things that you're not able to laugh at right because there's there's that for everyone there's that yeah. for everyone as soon as you start talking yeah as soon as you start talking about animal cruelty uh i'm, I'm never ever gonna find any element of that funny regardless yeah. of how good your joke is because that hits me on a different level and it, and it will be yeah. the same for everyone you will have your own thing um but what what you get out of this is an understanding that you the more time that you spend uh, uh, laughing and enjoying things uh, mm. as opposed to actively finding um, uh, elements to disagree with or, or or to not get involved with or to not try and have an understanding of to widen yeah. your knowledge widen the, the number of schemas that you have on a particular topic that not only is your capacity for enjoying your life going to be diminished but it, it's it's also going to take away from what this is capable of doing if you think about it on a chemical level you know the, the the kind of chemicals that you're bathed in uh, when you are flushed with certain negative sensibilities, right? We think of things like anger, tension, anxiety, uh, yeah. and the like. You know, cortisol, adrenaline. These kinds of things can have preventative properties for us being able to understand what's going on. Whereas if you look at things like serotonin, oxytocin, these kinds of chemicals that are flushed when we feel enjoyment, that are flushed when we feel happy. Uh, and the like, we're able to recall um, elements that we've seen in an episodic way, right? The, 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 think of a film that you enjoyed watching, right? I bet if somebody spoke about what happened after the opening credits, you could talk about the next bit, and then you could talk about yeah, the yeah. next bit, and the next yeah. bit, and whatever it is. You might miss yeah. out bits in the middle because you've not taken the chance to memorize it, but that's that's the thing. It's engaged, yeah. uh, and it's not it's not necessarily related to purely a sense of humor in that area, but you've, you've engaged in the mental representations that the stories try to try to give to you. Granted, you're watching a visual representation of it as well, but this is still picturing stuff throughout. Yeah, this is still yeah. picturing stuff, whether, you know, I, I want to go on holiday to this place or that costume looks really uncomfortable. Why is that guy playing Sherlock Holmes? These, you know, these are the, the these are the many questions that, that I have to ask myself as well. Uh, and then it relates to your interpretations. And then the final point of that, making your interpretations fit what it, is happening there, determines whether you enjoy the storyline or not. And then it determines how much of it you can tell after the fact. Right? How yeah. many jokes? Who's the last comedian you saw? Last comedian. In, in whatever form, whether it was a repeat or not. Who was the Alan last Park. comedian? Uh, Alan Park. Uh, so uh, Steve Alan, playing Alan Park. 
Sorry, yeah. it, it sounded like you said Alan Parr. Alan, I know Alan Partridge. I just didn't know Alan Parr. Yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> Alan, Alan Partridge, then, right? So, the, the, what, what was what was the last thing that you watched? What was it? A stand-up? Was it the film? Uh, it uh, was, was him. It? it was him inside Anton Deck's takeaway on oh, Saturday night. The Saturday night takeaway. Right. <laughs> right. So, what was what was some of the things that they got up to? Tell me about it. So. Um, We'll try and think now. <laughs> what then happened in the episode? To be fair, I, I'm not a massive fan of the show itself. I just like there you go. the Alan Carr segment. So what, just, what happened with Alan Carr then? What, 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 uh, Alan Carr, I'm doing it now. What happened with Alan Partridge when uh, we, he was there? What happened? He's just basically insulting him throughout every session. Uh, <laughs> it's a break that he gets, uh, and he's also just trying to sell tickets for his own gig. So in between tasks, he's just doing that, and he's also complaining to his uh, assistant on the phone that he was only supposed to be booked for half an hour, but for some reason, it's just going on and on and on. And just slides into hate for both of them. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen to all that detail that you have. Listen to all that detail. Yeah, you know, yeah, exactly. what, what, what kind of taxi was it? Say again. What kind of taxi was it? Was it was it a big London cab? Was it a car? An Uber? It wasn't was it? a taxi. No, no, he's in a booth. He's on oh, the show. Booth. Oh, he yeah. was. A, uh, he was the. I thought you meant he. He was on. Oh, okay. So, what yeah, was he, uh, what was he wearing? The next thing, um, a red tuxedo. I think it was. There you go. Right, oh, yeah. just from just from engaging your sense of humour within a particular thing that you like, and your your episodic memory has done that for you. I don't really remember what happens and happened as part of the takeaway because that, that I didn't really enjoy that. Right, that didn't reach me. I didn't interpret things. I didn't mentally picture things. He was he probably uh, accumulated about I don't know what five minutes of airtime, and the show's an hour long. Right. <laughs> so, right. Says it all. There you go. Yeah. There you go. So you can start to reverse engineer you know for those that are familiar with the term you can abductively reason back these yeah. kinds of details from seeing how uh, engaged uh, a person's sense of humor is it's not necessarily just about what they like or what they're laughing at or what they find yeah. funny right it's not necessarily just about that that would be a surface-based thing uh, because like I, I know that your humor and your interests in that area go far beyond alan partridge Right yeah. into into many different areas. So, I would never use that as a basis, but I can start to yeah. understand that you have enough grey matter about you that you can interpret somebody else's point of view to make different representations of this, to find the funny one, to get involved yeah. in what is on the surface an insult. But how do you insult someone in a funny way and the interpretations that come along with this? So I know you have an element of compassionate understanding for other people. You know, I know there are these elements in terms of uh, uh, your, your emotional intelligence and how far that goes within certain areas. And that's just from yeah. watching you either laugh at a joke or take a joke. <laughs> in in that area, you know, these these are these moments that people forget, because yeah. there is the oh, there's there's the enjoyment yeah. of things uh, that 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 are going on in that area. Um, it's I, like we go on. Sorry, go on. I was going to you... say I have to do the unpro unprofessional thing. I just have to nip to the bathroom. Are you okay to 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 fill for a couple of seconds? I will fill. Right? I will go to the <laughs> on screen for everyone. I mean, I don't know what I'm going to fill. <laughs> I'm not going to lie, people. You are stuck with me. I suppose what I would, 
I might as well just continue on uh, and say my point. So if anybody has ever seen anyone get heckled uh, and the heckle, uh, the person who is being heckled, uh, take it badly, uh, you can sort of, in a way, kind of, you draw your own conclusions on them uh, straight away. And in a way, it's sort of like, not, not a judgmental thing, but you can sort of, I don't know, look at that person and read a lot about them even though you don't really know them, you just suddenly get all this information like, oh, they didn't take that very well. Clearly they've come to the wrong place or clearly that they don't like those type of jokes. And in a way, in relation back to what Ben was saying, you do sort of get uh, a lot from uh, seeing how people react to certain types of humour. And it's amazing. It really is. If anybody wants to throw anything in the comments, by the way, that would be fantastic, just so I can riff on that. It doesn't matter who's back. Everybody, shh. <laughs> I'm just saying it's about six inches long. <laughs> Your subway. Yeah, this beer bottle. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what I was saying, um, right. I'm probably going to repeat myself now, but uh, Do it. I was just talking about people getting heckled. Uh, when yeah. you've ever been big and you see someone take a heckle badly uh, and their reaction and how bad it goes, uh, you easily, sort of, I don't want to say make judgment on someone, but mm. you draw a lot of information from that person just yeah. by their reaction. It could be five, a couple of seconds of them going, shut up, or, you know, like, or just not laughing, even just not laughing, not making a sound. And everyone's seeing that and instantly you get, oh, they're, they're clearly a bit mm, don't talk to them about mm. yeah, <laughs> they might it's, be, you know it's one of those things where you get to uh, uh, to understand their 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 competence their skill set yeah. uh, you know how confident they are uh, you know most people that that uh, you watch stand up comedians at somewhere like the edinburgh fringe uh, because that's that's the easiest place to spot yeah. people that have done the fringe a billion times versus people that are doing it for the first or the second time, because as soon as the inevitable heckle comes in, uh, they they either crack or have some form of uh, line about it. Like, with you, with you mentioning the insults, there, there is a, there's a couple of people that uh, that come to mind when I, when I think of heckling. Uh, Jimmy Carr's kind of worked it into his set, but if you, yeah. uh, if you regardless of what you think of the man, if you watch Louis C.K.'s stand-up, there is a there is particular points where uh, somebody would shout out and he go yeah shut up fuck you and then just carry on with the show like and, and you could tell that he's not being kind of uh, yeah. uh, uh, about the whole thing I didn't carry on because he 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 proceeds to call somebody uh, um, um, how do I say it politely. Um, <laughs> The a, a, a word, a word that British people use to describe potatoes that start with an F, um, <laughs> right? Um, so, he, but like even the guy that received the insult, they're still laughing and joking about the whole thing because he's delivered it in a way that's just like, oh, bothered, carry on, shout, you're making no difference whatsoever. <laughs> he, he just handled it in that cool, calm yeah. way that shows his experience that shows where he comes from in that area. This isn't somebody that's kind of stumbled into stand-up and been given a big tour, right? This is somebody that's done clubs, that's done difficult situations, that's done uh, uh, rowdy bars, that's, you know, that's, that's leveled up yeah. the whole way through. 
Um, but there was another one that uh, that popped into my head. When, uh, this was actually a woman heckling and then a guy in the audience telling her to shut up. <laughs> if you've ever watched um, Ed, Eddie Murphy's Raw, um, there was a, there was a there was a joke session. I think he was doing. Uh, I think it was about the barbecue at the time and the kind yeah. of family that he gets coming around. It's it's great stuff. And then this woman yells something out. <laughs> without skipping a beat you hear this deep voice come out shut up bitch <laughs> just in <laughs> eddie he's, he's talking he hears the shut up bitch just drops the microphone walks away laughing so much but in that area talk about the understanding from an outside perspective even as the comedian the understanding that what happened here wasn't an insult per se it was yeah. it was more dry it was more a sarcastic yeah. retort uh, than than anything else but everyone got involved with the with the joke everyone represented the the different situations that happened to make sure that somebody being insulted continued the the good time that let's face it everybody going to a stand-up gig you want, yeah, you want yeah. right <laughs> you exactly. want you want that to happen yeah you you exactly. you're sort of complicit in in the, the the kind of sheeple element that we're all here to laugh at some jokes that's what yeah. we are here to do <laughs> can you imagine that going on today shut up bitch <laughs> what um by anyone like even like the the female dogs uh, over there nowadays would be like what? <laughs> um, that's, that's, the, that's the kind of thing but by and large we live in an angrier angrier time Absolutely, yeah i think it, it's humor is weird as well because sometimes how people use it in a term uh, not necessarily just to shock people just to mm. kind of level where they're at with their eating and their humor and they do it in a way sort of like a very interesting uh way of seeing it done before was by a comedian called um pete oh christ what's his second name uh, pete sorry say again Holmes? uh no um he was on snl ariana grande's oh uh, yeah no the, the guy whose dad died in 9-11 and he uses that joke um like he'll do his set you kind of know where he's going and then he'll bring up um uh the 9-11 dad joke yeah. uh, and, and saying it like that it does sound like oh where's he going that? it is funny you kind of made it funny but you kind of sort of the way he kind of says it uh so yeah. matter of fact you're thinking like is it okay for me to laugh at this is it a kind of yeah. <laughs> so many things come in the way and yeah. you just like i i don't know if i should feel good about it yeah. <laughs> but it, said it if he didn't intend for it not to be funny for me and then exactly. he, it might be a form that. of therapy for him it might that's be a way of him dealing he doesn't say it in a way that sort of like laugh at this it's dark and funny mm. it kind of yeah you know, it washes that's where he's at yeah if you're not there you know you're probably not gonna have too great of a time with the rest of the jokes absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. i mean there was. Did, did you see the, uh, the the roast battle? He was not the roast battle. It, it was a roast of somebody. Um, I watched a clip of it recently with uh, Jimmy Carr's line. Did he use say again? Jimmy Carr's line about about Pete's dad. <laughs> oh, that that cut it very close. It cut it very close. 
Um, so I'm, I'll, 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 I'll fill you the line. I don't know the celebrity, so I'm, I'm, I'm going to put any random celebrity in there as well. Um, he, he come out, he come out and went, Pete, ladies and gentlemen, Pete looks like a whatever it is, but uh, t- talking about his dad who who died in 9-11, but this isn't the roast of Pete's father. That was in 2001. Oh, did you immediately what you God. What was his reaction? <laughs> it was kind of, oh, that's dope. That's dope. <laughs> that just shows where he's at, though. He hasn't right. taken it. That must be right. a crazy place to be, in a way, because he's just like, well, systematically, you'd think that's about like the 9-11. You know, you, yeah. you don't about 9-11, uh, especially to people who have relatives involved in 9-11. But to him to go, that's it's a very Ian reaction. <laughs> it is a very Ian reaction. It is a very Ian. But like, if you think of the other side of comedians, then that we don't get to see, how many of them are the most erudite and insightful, clever? Absolutely. Uh, yeah. I mean, take Jimmy for example. Obviously, he went through the remit for his whole joke that people were trying to get him cancelled over. It's not about that. But if you look at some of the uh, the, the talks that he's done. Uh, since he did an interview on uh, on Jordan P- <laughs> Here you go, Gareth's back under the stairs. <laughs> he did an interview on um, on Jordan Peterson's channel. It may have been yeah. for a podcast or whatever, but it was it was over an hour uh, hour long in terms of a discussion. And it's like this whole other side to to Jimmy Carr that you that you really don't get to see as much. And and, and people are going, oh, isn't he this? And you're thinking, well, to Jimmy, he's always been this it's just that the jokes have kind of kept people at bay but now that we have this deductive um insight this deductive line that we can use we can start to see that more right yes we can start to to see and get to grips with that kind of information um jordan peterson actually he did a he did a fantastic lecture series on the um on the big five which is the uh, uh, the big five personality traits most people know know it as uh, ocean uh, as a as an acronym but you know you could make a canoe out of it as well i guess or canoe i don't uh, i don't know how you put ocean uh, what it is right <laughs> yeah i mean those those are the um those are the uh, 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 the, the the lines that it would fall on uh, in in that area so in, in terms of the the personality traits themselves that would uh, that would go across um, human behavior, right? There has been, I'm not going to go into the details. Peterson does it for like 12 hours to go into the details. So if you want the details, go and get his lecture series because it's bloody good. Um, but essentially, he cites all of the relevant material in terms of the invested studies for how people yeah. can use these five traits to measure personality predictors over time. Right, so oh. they're the, they're the most cemented personality predictors over time, according to this research. Yeah. So you've got um, uh, 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 openness, uh, conscientiousness, extroversion, agreeableness, and neuroticism. Now there are a there are a couple of factors on here that fall in line with sense of humor or, mm. or the or the perception of it in how we how we get to grips with that detail. Right, if you look at um, if you look at agreeableness, right, yeah. our ability to be complicit in a joke, whether it's funny or not, whether it's directed yeah. at you or not, right? If it, whether the intention of the joke is for comedy, right, satire, that, 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 that kind of thing. A good example of that. 
I say a good example of a good person to be a good example of that is um, the person who's also at the Oscars behind Will Smith, uh, Lucia. <laughs> oh, what's it? I don't know her second name, but she was on camera laughing <laughs> from that whole thing. She was just sort of going along with it because she wasn't too sure where it was all going, and an assault had just happened. <laughs> which is like a lot. The kind of- yes, this is. Yes, yes, and it took a second line swearing for it to finally go. <laughs> <laughs> it's just reminding me the the Grammys. Did you see any of the videos that popped up there? No, no. What after the Grammy? It's brilliant. Um, like uh, 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 Questlove, his name is. Um, uh, he's he's the the drummer from. Um, uh, I think it's the 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 Jimmy Fallon show. Oh, the house band, um, yeah. Yeah, of the the house, but the roots, the roots. Right. Okay. There we go. And a, a documentary that he he's made has won an Oscar. Um, oh. Right. Oh. It, 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 and he was he was he was actually presented um, by a, a couple of other guys, and Chris Rock was there. And it's funny seeing Chris Rock's face in the background as well when Will Smith comes up to hug him. Chris Rock does this. <laughs> right. Um, but anyway, uh, so Quest loves at the Grammys. Uh, it was like uh, so. I'm, I'm about to read out the nominees um, for this award here, and I'll thank everybody to stay 500 feet away from me. Right, <laughs> stay in your seats. <laughs> this um, this other co- this other comic came out. I've no idea who he is. I've never heard of him before. Um, uh, th- I didn't see his name in the video, but I, I I don't recognize his voice or his face. Came out with a biker's helmet on. Uh, and was like um so i'm a comedian and the guys that are running this have advised all of the comedians to uh, to wear these now you know for obvious reasons uh, <laughs> it's just, it's so <laughs> oh mate so many subtle burns and so many not so subtle burns uh but talking about comedy as well did you see the uh the jim carrey interview that was on that um that gail king's uh, yeah. uh the lady about the the incidents he got yeah. it spot on he got it spot on when he just said uh, you have you have no right to get up and hit someone because they said words yeah yeah, but it was when she pushed. It was when she pushed. Like I, I think it escalated to that. He jumped. No, he didn't. He didn't escalate to that at all. <laughs> Boom! Nailed it. It was great. Anyway, we'll we'll come back to the um uh, the the original kind of personality indicators that we can get from humour and somebody's uh, uh, understanding of this, right? So let's look at agreeableness uh, first of all. So if you are high. On agreeableness, mm-hmm. if you would feature and register high on that factor, you are very trusting, very forgiving, you're very straightforward, you have uh, an altruistic sensibility about you, you know, you enjoy helping others, that kind of thing. You uh, mm-hmm. you have an ode of compliance, um, modesty, uh, sympathy, empathy, these kinds of things, high on agreeableness, right? Where's that compassionate understanding for your fellow man? If you are low on agreeableness you are skeptical demanding Mm. you insult or belittle others you are stubborn you're a show-off you're unsympathetic and you don't care about how other people feel all right and now let's let's look let's feature that in terms of the extroversion factors now granted i'm only picking on these two of the five and they are polarizing opposites 
in, in terms of the the information that I'm giving. It's a scale, uh, so there is there is tons of intonation to it uh, about it. So I'm I'm kind of flying right through it. So if you are high uh, in extroversion, you are sociable. You're energized by social interaction. You are excitement seeking. You enjoy being the center of attention. You're outgoing. If you are low on these areas, you prefer solitude. You are fatigued by too much social interaction. You're reflective. You dislike being the center of attention. You're reserved. Right. Okay. Right. So, if you look at if you look at those people who have, uh, you know, humor directed at them and their ability to take it might give you an understanding in terms of where they feature as part of their agreeableness or extroversion factors for their personality scaling right if yeah. if they have come to enjoy a comedy show granted you know there might not be too much of an introverted factor there but you might have have be be sitting a few rows back just enjoying the solitary spectacle of watching uh, uh, live comedy live performance in that area so that when somebody changes it directs it to you you can then no longer take the joke because it's directed at a personality trait that you have that won't allow you um to to, to feel that uh, uh that humor that it's that it's designed for you'd start to feel it as attack you'd, as an attack you'd start to feel it um like a like a laser sight burning mm. uh burning directly into you um, kind of what up to will then right pretty much so right and so that's that's why there is a there is a lot of uh, and, and and I think until somebody speculates, uh, sorry, I, I think until somebody says it specifically, that we could only ever live in the world of speculation, right? We we're right. never going to be told the truth. Let's face it, as as the ignorant public, we're never going to be told that. Um, so all we can do at, at this instance is apply the the psychological practices to the information that we've seen, in yeah, order yeah. To, to to better understand the the, the 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 principle, the stigma for for doing something like that. And, uh, you know, if you look at his, his enjoyment factors uh, of the joke beforehand that in turning and seeing that it didn't hit home, right, regardless of what side of the line you fall on or whether, of whether he's defending his wife or whether most people think that she's emotionally blackmailing him or, you know, whatever it is, um, th there is there is the registered property that is uh, that is uh, attacked his extroversion there. It's gone back solitude. It's come back inward. It's hit him there. It, it might have hit him on a on a less agreeable scale that comes to that side of his personality. You know, there's there's tons of stories now that are coming out about this side of of Will Smith's personality. If you if you look at uh, uh, an interview one of the actors did on the on the film Ali about Will Smith's uh, uh, conduct, right? I, I'm not going to get into the whole he said, she said, but in terms mm. of further information that we can use to better understand these kinds of psychological principles, that those are the kinds of things that we can use there, right, to, mm. to, to explore the efficacy and the relevance um, uh, of, of, the, of that kind of material there. So that's um, that's all I want to say about humor. We can use it to, to, to better understand people. We can use it to better explore them in in a in a non-invasive way yeah <laughs> that's the first thing you do in a way to kind of relate to someone you test it it's the humor that sort of thing i think when i first met you and everybody uh, at that time where we worked it was sort of it was what you could laugh about together yeah and it didn't necessarily sort of like talk about the job itself too much it was what connected me was like oh you found that funny i found that will be more of that <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That if and if you look at the, the the teams, regardless of what they are, like our team within the deductionist stuff, or the team that we had at work, 
or right. you know any any kind of team whatever right, right. if if you look at the, the the kind of therapeutic angles that you could mm. that you could go through in order to strengthen that it would be about more enjoyment it would be about laughing it would be about uh, uh yeah absolutely finding things funny uh, and, and yeah. making you know the, the the darker moments easier to manage absolutely yeah Dead right, mate. Dead right. I like that. So, what initially started out as a as a kind of awful idea, well, an <laughs> awful thought that came from a hot and even worse place, is um, <laughs> is turned into an educational tool that I hope at least two people get something out of. You know, if if we're pushing our luck, maybe Not even three. <laughs> So if I'm going to put you on the spot, right, um, and I am going to put you on the spot, so there's no saying if, I'm going to put you on the spot. Who is your favorite one-liner comedian? Your one-liner comedian? In line. Got to be. Saw him live. I didn't really know much about him until I saw him live, and then I was like, <laughs> yes. Mine too. Mine too. Yeah. Because that's, just... that's – go on, mate. What are you going to say? I'm just saying he's just brilliant. Yeah, I, I agree. And yeah. – that that's the thing you know if you look about observational comedians they're watching the world they're engaged in the world they have to have this elemental understanding of what's going on around them in order to make fun of it you have to be engaged in the narrative but a one-liner comedian or somebody that's capable of doing it in a few short beats has really got to understand those three points of how humans interpret these kind of things to make them funny and the like like um uh, I, I haven't got anything that I can use to represent it. Like it, after he's just one of my favourite Tim Vine gags. Uh, like after he's uh, he's he's told what there's a big laugh. It's coming down. He takes out this bit of cardboard with a circle in, puts it over his head, and then just goes. I don't know why I put myself through this, and then, <laughs> and then takes it off and then carries on. It's great. It's great because right in that image there is uh, is is the representations. It is is the understanding of why it's supposed to be funny. It's the different interpretations element. It's it's the, all the times that we've said, oh, I don't know why I put myself through this. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we didn't think that it was actually putting ourselves through things. You know? And now time for the big highlight of the show. There we are. There it is. Just gets out a big highlighter pen. And, 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 and then carries on. <laughs> and it's genius. <laughs> it's great. That, those types of things. Well, there was another one I saw him do. Um, he went. He looked inside his prop bag. He went, ah, pulled out a letter R. <laughs> and went down, he went, he went, oh, people expecting a, a letter O to come out now. And he pulls out another R. He goes, huh? Huh? And, and, then, and then he went, oh. And then pulled out an O. <laughs> so that's, that's with three letters, right? <laughs> and that that's a real kind of... Uh, uh, yeah. clued in sense of how to reach other people right yeah. it might not be full raucous belly laughs um, yeah you know but it's done it in a way that's cross bridges yeah. without explaining the you know obvious jokes sometimes we'll need a setup we'll need connecting things to go back to it uh, a loop around or something like that and stuff to be able to just like you say just do it with a, a joke with three letters that's pretty incredible it's mint, it's mint yeah. isn't it uh, I, I think Jimmy Carr did a couple where he was talking about four joke, uh, four word jokes, and then he did three word jokes, and then he did two word jokes. And like, you think, how? 
<laughs> like I like to think that I can I can get to grips with most puzzles uh, and that kind of type of thing. But when somebody uh, say so, you you've got to try and think of something funny, but you've only got three words to do it. Yeah, <laughs> it's mad. What? <laughs> that, that does not compute. It's one of those things, isn't it? If you want it to really land as well, you have to go to an absurd place, but you have to go to a relatable place and you have to go to a human place. And to sort of bring those all together, it's kind of like, well, I don't know. You'd, I haven't got the mind for it. Right. <laughs> you know, drivel that comes out of my mouth. <laughs> one, one person that walks the line of an observational way to, to show the engagement of information that he has up here versus pointing things out in a funny way uh, is, is Bill Burr. Bill Burr, oh, right. yeah. when he when he's um, <laughs> I, I can't do a Boston accent, but he's he always sounds like he's shouting, you know, always <laughs> sounds like it. Um, but he's he's hilarious. Um, and and he's talking about uh, equality. Uh, yeah, it's one of those things that doesn't go away. Uh, yeah, in, in terms of that, uh, and that's because I think it with it being a, an ever changing universe, there'll always be equality moments, but they'll just as equally be inequality moments but they'll be in differing areas so the argument will be ongoing i don't think there'll be a one solution that fits all anyway um so <laughs> bill is is making fun of the of the inherent double standard that that's in these that's in these kinds of things like uh um how come uh, how come guys get paid more and and all this kind of thing <laughs> he says well if there's ever a, an act of god or something's happening or a ship sinking or a terrorist situation is is happening you get to take the kids and leave i have to stay <laughs> so that extra charge is a surcharge <laughs> it's, it's kind of right which is ridiculous but oh, you, well. you you find the interpretation where you go Oh, he's highlighted that double standard. There's people going, yeah, yeah that, that does make sense. Why is that? And then he starts talking about a, sh a surcharge on, on existence over terrorist <laughs> events. There's the comedy, right, in yeah. that area. Uh, and so <laughs> that's that's the whole kind of thing that, that, that I like about it. Uh, and it just highlights so many areas of, of a person's psychological makeup when a joke happens, uh, yeah. whether they take it, whether they don't, whether they react, whether they don't whether they explode, yeah. <laughs> whether they don't. Um, yeah. So, yeah. You know, you could either sit there and laugh it off or you could slap Chris Rock. You've got two options in life. <laughs> <laughs> You've always got to slap Chris Rock. Don't you worry. <laughs> oh, dear. I want to find... think of, you know, how they had like rock, paper, scissors and rock, paper, scissors, lizard, Spock. Uh, like if we could have rock, paper, scissors, lizard, Spock, smack. Uh, <laughs> as, <laughs> yeah, you, you only get the possibility to bust out one per round, but you're a guaranteed fail uh, if you do it. <laughs> guaranteed fail. Right, guys. Um, we, 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 hope, we hope you've enjoyed today's episode. Um, uh, a little bit delving into the, uh, the, the, the hopefully more, more comedic sides of psychological practices. Um, uh, so yeah, we are going to love you and leave you. Um, yeah. Adam is going to say words now. I'm going to say some words. I'm going to say there's nothing more beautiful. I know we've talked about humor and one thing we haven't brought up, which is the greatest comedian in life, a fart. <laughs> a fart. <laughs> a fart. Yes. 
person would go over. Right. Listen, that's that's credible. That's that's a credible. I know what a credible source is, and this is what a credible source. Is. Oh. Adam, right? Please, that's... please edit that and put a fart in at the end of it. <laughs> <laughs> I've eaten from incredible source. That's it. Right, guys. Yeah. So th- th- this is uh, you know essentially a, 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 a psychological microscope for this podcast. The only thing we take seriously. The only thing. Is the work? Is it? Yeah, that's the only thing we take work. Be, 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 uh, take 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 seriously. If you want to make a joke about anything else, providing that it's funny, um, and you can do it written down, uh, because I'm not streaming you all in here, <laughs> <laughs> right? If you can do it written down, crack on. I'd love to see them. Um, yeah. But yeah, with uh, with that in mind, guys, we'll uh, we'll talk to you next time. Uh, I hope everyone is keeping safe and well out there. And uh, bye. Have a default. Uh, uh.